Should sound better now, right? It sounded this. It sounded great before, but um, okay. I must not have sounded great on your end. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Here you go. More Alex music to start an Alex day. <laughs> Every day is Alex day, bitches. Not on the podcast. That's true. Um, in my in my life. Correct. It's called self-esteem. Uh, Stop it's about 2.04, Tuesday, October 6th. Welcome to uh, another podcast episode, Eric Chase and the Fam. The Fam today is Alex. And then I think we'll get to an hour pretty easily. But at 3 o'clock, we have to connect with the great sorceress of <gasps> Monroe Street. Yay! I'm so glad I met her. Janet Amid. Even so if we'll, it was brief. And I met her husband. Uh, X, Mo. Sorry. Yeah, Mo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll talk to Janet in about an hour. Until then, we'll uh, we'll just rap about some things. We'll get to this. You said it's Weight Watchers in Sierra, right? Oh, God. And, and a few other things. So maybe just in general, like a broad conversation about how many how many businesses do we know do this. Okay. Again, we'll just fi- file it under. It's another mad at Disney topic. People's expectations being... Too far heightened by uh, by the marketing departments. Um, so yesterday when we were here around this time in the afternoon, I was seeing a lot of uh, posts because a first responder had died. And I didn't know. Oh, no. I, okay, so you don't know what the hell is going on either. No. Um, so I, I saw, I think uh, Chief Crawl might have tweeted some support. And I, I couldn't put it all together was this this couldn't have been local because i didn't see anything was Mm -hmm. this was this regional was this ohio was this national what was going on and then when i got home i caught up on the story and i i mean everything the president and his story he overshadows everything so no matter Mm -hmm. like how grave or grim or big a story could be, it's, it's overshadowed a month after the election. Mm-hmm. Rightly so. Um, there was a body found at Oak Openings on Saturday. Wow. And, and uh, I, I believe a gun nearby. It was uh, an officer who killed himself. <gasps> and all the, a Sylvania officer, and I think he'd been on the force for about 22 years, um, 43 years old. Uh, I think his name was Michael Shaw. So I caught up with that story last night. I've been to Oak Openings. Do you know where it is? Oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful park. Um, it is. Beautiful park. It sits on the lakes. There's a lot of, I guess, like they tell you not to feed the ducks there. I don't want to <laughs> dive too much into it. But yeah, Oak, Oak Openings in the Sylvania area. Um, so that made sense as to why I was seeing all of these. So then I see this this morning... Um, just some discussion online, and then I said, L- let me look up the number that I always go to. In fact, I think there's a group. So th- there's a 22 is the number of veterans who uh, people usually reference that. Um, I-, I-, I don't have an issue saying commit suicide. I don't like saying die by suicide because to me, you don't say die by cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I-, I this sounds like too aggressive, but 22... 22 veterans and their lives kill themselves each day. So mm-hmm. I, I looked that number up just to dig into it a little bit. And there's a lot of literature articles from five years ago poking holes in that. And they are very weak arguments poking holes in it. 
And um, I thought, well, that that number, that's those stories were from five years ago. The research was from 99 to 11. So I'm thinking, okay, that number is definitely more than 22 now. You might want to poke holes in that number, but it's mm-hmm. at least that, if not more. We've got dueling demics happening between opioid, which connects closely to suicide, and, you know, COVID on top of it. So pandemics everywhere. Where I'm going with this is, so this is obviously a terrible tragedy. Um, I'm, I see our buddy Jen Wakefield this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen is the executive director of the Lucas County Suicide Prevention Coalition. She wanted me to connect with Todd Crandall at su- at uh, uh, at Racing for Recovery. You're familiar mm-hmm. with that, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever mm-hmm. meet Todd? I've never met Todd, no. Uh, but you, ha- I'm guessing you have heard good things or have good vibes about what, what goes on over there? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Racing for Recovery. Okay. Uh, Jen wanted me to go over there and, and chat with them for a minute. And we're getting out of there, and we were just talking. Jen and I haven't seen each other face-to-face for a while. And we were talking about that, and I was bringing up the 22 number. She's like, does that name ring a bell? Uh, Michael Shaw? I'm like, no. Although, I have a Sylvania friend who has vanished from Twitter, and I'm kind of concerned about her. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it might be that. She's, And I said, oh, shit. Um, Michael Shaw is the husband of Sarah Shaw, who is on the board for Lucas for our Suicide Prevention Coalition. We never, oh, no, we never see Sarah, but now, no, never, no, but, but I know the name. You see the name, and occasionally she makes the calls, um, but uh, she's she's on the emails that we get. So yeah, and and so now I'm putting this picture together for for you. And it's just beyond tragic because um, I think Sarah's an Oregon police officer. Mm-hmm. And she got Jen involved in, I think it's SISM. Mm. C-I-S-M. Mm-hmm. And I forget what that's what the acronym is for, but that's basically uh, a place for first responders to get some, some it's something, something stress management. Mm-hmm. But it's for first responders to work with other first responders who have some maybe clinical background about helping people who have helping first responders who have been through something like this because we know that first responders, police officers, whoever often won't open up yeah. to professionals, but they will possibly open up to others with the lived experience. So this is just beyond awful. I mean, it's so um, obviously before you and I met and while I was still in school, that was actually my primary focus for mental health when I was doing my research projects and and things like that. And I had an entire internship surrounded around mental health support and law enforcement, specifically on how to train fellow, and and it was specific to officers compared to um, other first responders, not saying other first responders don't need it, but it was, um, I was identifying opportunities and trainings where you can train an officer to know how to respond to a fellow officer who might be in a crisis because they're not going to, uh, you're not going to find that they're going to seek help outside of that blue wall. And so train them, train each other on how to help each other. Um, So that was, I mean, that was my entire focus because things like this are just, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it is tragic. I'm sorry. I'm a loss for words just because I'm just now, (laughs) hearing about it and I you know obviously my thoughts and prayers I hate even to say thoughts and prayers but legitimate positive energy to Sarah and the family 
Um, because I can't, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what, you know, what went on in, in this gentleman's mind that he, you know, went out to Oak opening and wanted to end his life. I mean, I can't, I, I've been there, so I can't imagine, but, um, that that allows me to have empathy for that individual because of the amount immense amount of pain and emptiness that they must have been feeling at that time um i you hit the words i I think cism cism is crisis intervention stress management Mm -hmm. that's got to be it so and i only met sarah once but sarah was one of these people who was just charismatic and magnetic and i always hoped when we were doing the uh, coalition meetings that she could make it um she was never able to be there because she was super busy working on, on a mm-hmm. lot of this stuff. But I know Jen adored her. And uh, I just kind of stopped today when, when Jen's like, do you know that last name? And I, it just hit me. And to think of, of put like knowing that you're in that and yeah, to, to parse it apart and to, to theorize or speculate is, is worthless. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I had seen some people write about in connection to this story, as if COVID weren't bad enough, and opioids and, and whatever else. Now you've got the last handful of months of stress, and I couldn't even begin to get into inside the head of a first responder, specifically yeah. a police officer, where you're living a life where most of the community you believe most of the community hates you. Yeah, yeah, and and also obviously you know you do have that underlying stress of how you're viewed in the community, how safe you are doing what you're doing, and it's a career, so you're still making a choice doing it, but there, there is just an immense amount of stress, I feel like, going into something like that. And officers and, and first responders are only going out when something is wrong. So they're only responding to you know, chaotic situations, negative situations, stressful situations. And their role is to, um, to de-escalate that, but that doesn't mean that they're not having secondhand you know, secondhand trauma from things like that. Cause it's like, you're constantly going out to a neck, a, a, you know, a crime, something well, remember, violent, some, you know, they're not, there's a lot of that, but there's also a lot of times where they go out there and, and they probably take great pride in being able to find resolution in the situation and someone giving them a hug. So it's, it's not all bad, but it is. A lot. No, no, it's not all bad, but I can at least say from experience that it, it does still bring you a fair amount of stress. Sure you know, that you are reporting to a a situation that does not have a solution yet. And you have to get to a solution in a certain amount of time and deescalate at the same time. So that, I mean that, and, and if you're doing that consistently day in and day out, that can add, they can build, it can really build. And so it's really important for first responders to really take care of themselves, even when you feel like you don't need it. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, I need to take care of my mental health when I'm doing well. That's just maintenance. It's just regular old maintenance on my my body and my mind. It's like, um, I don't know what what kind of crutch or challenge you'd have in your life, but I always remind myself when things are, I don't want to say going good, but when they're Mm -hmm. not bad, that's mm-hmm. also a time to go to my therapist. Even mm-hmm. he and I have a different relationship. We can grab coffee. Um, just kind of like, you know, I, a tune-up. Just to make right. sure, like, what are you doing to stay on this positive path? Exactly. So it, it's like I always tell people, you just don't, it doesn't go away. Like, the pills or the therapy doesn't doesn't cure you. So mm-hmm. don't not go when you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe that, you can go then and you can talk to somebody and go, 
they can be the objective viewpoint and go, here's mm -hmm. what you're doing, here's what you're doing, here's what you're not doing, and this is why you're in a good spot. Let's uh, let's keep doing this. But this is just an, a terribly tragic situation, and it and it brings another layer to an awful year. Because I remember a couple of weeks ago, or I think uh, when I, I when I texted my friend Taylor Dungeon with TPD, I don't mm -hmm. know in the summertime, and she either called me or texted me back she's like you might have heard everybody hates us right now and <laughs> it was tongue-in-cheek but i know she feels it and yeah imagine like plenty plenty of us have um have those days where we feel completely purposeless going into work it's the existential why am i doing this mm -hmm. i can only imagine having that feeling in a more aggressive way like with with a police officer why am i doing this when everyone hates me mm-hmm Awful, mm -hmm. and, just awful. I mean, obviously, for the family members, it's a, I don't know. I, I experience stress about it, even knowing that that's something that Thomas wants to do and is, is going to be a reality at some point. So I can't imagine how partners and children feel now, especially knowing, you know, how society views our law enforcement. And I hope that we can start to um, drop those barriers. You know, I, obviously I hope that we can start to to work on that and really grow from it. But I, um, I'm also slightly, I don't know. I mean, I'm not disappointed, but, um, I think that we should be talking about what happened to this, uh, to officer Shaw a little bit more. And I know that there's all sorts of stuff happening right now in our world that might have, um, buried this news, but I, I would love to see the community support, Sarah Shaw and the way and the, her family and the way that we supported the Dia family, although it's a different kind of tragedy, it's it's still a tragedy as a result of probably um, the stress and the triggers and the danger that comes from being a, a, an officer, a law enforcement officer. So yep. I just I would really love to see the community support this family and really wrap 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 around them and and provide them with that and i didn't know anything about it so i'm i don't know if maybe i just checked out <laughs> no no, no. But, I, I didn't hear it either i i yeah. that's why i was so lost yesterday so i don't want to say blame the president yeah like, same like I, yeah like i usually would but everybody ever all the attention was on him obviously mm -hmm. so, so i i've seen bri briefly here uh that mm -hmm. the nba finals ratings suck and it's not that the NBA is bad, but um, nobody knows who's on the Miami Heat. Uh, mm -hmm. People, some people have probably forgotten that they're playing in Orlando. Um, <laughs> it's 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 an election time, and the NBA usually has this big time in June where it's all the focus is on them. And right. now there's baseball playoffs. There's high, so the NBA ratings are down because there's so much else going on in life. So to your point, I, I hope that people don't overlook this and can come together as needed yeah and i hope that we can give that i, I like i don't want to say give it some attention because this family does need to have time to to grieve um but i i hope that there can be some more awareness around what happened within our community um and let's put some efforts into helping this family and let's put some efforts into understanding that while law enforcement does need um they need to be looked at and there deserves to be a, you know, a magnifying glass on their, on, um, on the overall, um, I, I'm such a loss for words. <laughs> there, there absolutely deserves to be a, a magnifying glass on reform and policy and policing, but we do still need to support our officers and the people who are on the force and their families and making sure that they're safe. 
um, yep. and the community is safe. I mean, it's it's really it's it's such a challenging position to be in to be at least for myself, where I wholeheartedly support. Um, you know, I'm a black woman, so I wholeheartedly support the idea that we are treated systemically in a way that is not like none other and that there is legitimate fear that you can have when you're interacting with law enforcement. But I also have so much passion behind supporting that officer. I mean, when I when I went into that line of work study for school, that was my way of making a difference. And I said, that's my way of supporting black and brown kids that may be coming up you know, that may be growing into our world. And it's like, if I can teach an officer how to respond to their mental health and identify when maybe their coworker needs some support, maybe that coworker takes a day off and they don't, you know, potentially make a split decision that was not good. You know what I mean? That yep. Because there's so many other things that are going on in their life. So that's my way of making a difference in the best way that I know how, because how, what do you do when you equally love both? You know, yeah. you have to, parse it through and unpack it deeply. This mm-hmm. is also why I would uh, I would never... Th- this is a lot where my dislike of guns comes in. Mm. That's obviously a complicated subject because... <laughs> we can have it. If the if people who listen want to hear well, it, I'm I, sure we can have well, it. I want to I move, move on, but I, yeah. I, did, I did also remind myself, this is why I don't have a gun. And as Jen and I always tell people that men when they when they kill themselves usually mm-hmm. use uh, a gun because they it's, it's kind of like how you learn it in um uh, in in the movies and and whatnot there there are other ways but most men who commit suicide it's mm-hmm. it's with a gun and women do not do that that's why many we can bring women back from um suicide attempts because yeah from pills or something yeah like that yeah nature, absolutely yeah. or they, they they stop themselves halfway through guess what once you pull that trigger you're done like that's yeah. it um, so no one should ever sell me a gun ever. No, no guns. I won't tell you where ours are, but I do think on another day it would be an interesting podcast to have that conversation because I think most people would see me on the other end of the spectrum of that argument, and it's you know another day, another time. Um, on to somewhat some happier things. Um, people did come together for my little uh, food desert idea. Now everybody's talking about it. There's been a couple of things that you have done because I know how many times you might have snarked at the fact that nobody commented on something unless you said Netflix suggestions. <laughs> so, um, yes, you I, that conversation from yesterday's podcast into a something this morning that within an hour you had like 70 comments. So there was clearly... I mean, like I said yesterday, there is a there's a market for it. There's a need for it. People have an interest in it. It could be something that if you if you have the right people coming together and coming into the room to to make it bring it into fruition, then it can happen. Well, I that's my that was all that was my goal because I can't do a business. I admire what you said about Nate uh, with his backpacks for humans. Um so I'm glad he's invested all the time and everything else he has into that. I, I just, I aim to bring people together and hopefully that Facebook post, which by the way, um, I knew that it would do well. I, I do, I am very strategic about how <laughs> how and what I post because I have to beat the algorithm. Um, yeah, it's and how, maybe when you post it. Absolutely, yeah. Like I've learned mm. so many things over the years. Um, you have to play and ride and tussle with the algorithm like you do, like when you're playing 
ball with your dogs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they want to play, other times they don't. You got to pick your spots. And I like to think that there is an artistic strategy that I do well with Facebook. But I'm glad everybody hopped in and. C uh, Fifth, uh, Danny over on the east side mentioned uh, Ironwood Gardens. It seems like that's a, a local urban garden yep. uh, to the idea of this. Um, Todd, your friend Todd? Todd, yeah. Todd, Todd is an environmental sciences professor at the University of Toledo. And he, we started, you know, we got connected with him um, because he taught Jordan here. And Jordan said, you know, Todd Crail does wonderful work in the community. So he came out and I mean, he's been fantastic in helping us with our gardens, but I've learned so much from him, you know, related to what we're doing here and just what's happening in the community and how many people want to be a part of, you know, of the food apartheid and ending that and sustainable things and nutrients and getting, getting um, individuals in these neighborhoods more healthier options. So He's and he's I love the fact that he's an environmental sciences professor, but when he teaches the work to the students, it's all related to local. So what is uh, what are our what's our natural wildlife here local to northwest Ohio? What do you see in your backyard? What are you seeing, you know, growing? Where are the arsenic fields and what grows and what doesn't grow? And why did that happen? It's, you know, relating all of your work to a practicality of being local to our area is just a huge I mean when I was in school I failed environmental sciences twice so like it was we connected on that level because he's like that should never happen this work should be something that you can relate to what you're doing so you can understand it better and I and I was like there you go he's fantastic I, I really enjoy him well hopefully he and others that have commented on there everybody I, I might be able to be a nexus of mm-hmm. ideas and people mm-hmm. who can help because there's Maj of the health department, which tried some pop-up farmer's markets over the summertime, and they have mm-hmm. before she reached out to somebody. I talked to mm-hmm. a couple of my friends who uh, do some black podcasts and some black radio stations, and, and that's who has to get the message out. Um, so hopefully, mm-hmm. that that's all I wanted to do was be the catalyst for some conversation because I can't grow shit and I can't sell shit. I know. I mean, but you know I, have a, I, want, I want you to um, excel beyond... In, in other ways um, that have like a hint of social justice and things like that. And so I was like, you should do that, Eric. I still want you to, but I understand that you're, you get in where you fit in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know my strengths and I, I know my weaknesses. For the longest time, I always, I wanted to open a gym downtown, but, and I had the vision. I just didn't have the business acumen or savvy and I, mm-hmm. I, I could learn it perhaps. But or get a partner. Yeah, yeah. Partner, my partner would need to be uh, have a great attention to detail and and mm-hmm. paperwork because that's not my good spot. So, um, okay, moving further away from dark stuff, uh, what's this Weight Watchers thing you're not too pleased with? So, um, I saw a damn commercial the other day, and I was like, hmm, Sierra's a brand ambassador for Weight Watchers. That's fucking nice. But then when I looked at it. I, you know how they show Sierra like in her home with all of her kids and I wasn't listening. So full disclaimer, I wasn't actually listening to the commercial. I think I was working on something and I just so happened to look up and I saw Sierra and then I saw Weight Watchers and I said, okay. And then it said, you know, whenever they have commercials in there, you know, it, it has in wording below that person's name or face, like lost 40 pounds with Weight Watchers, lost 60 pounds. Sierra said lost four pounds. 
Four. Well, I think she just, she just started. Didn't we talk about this like three weeks ago when she had a kid? She said she felt fat and wanted to lose all this weight. And we're like, okay, fine. You could probably blink and you're going to lose it because you're Sierra with that DNA. So I did some digging. We did talk about this. And I did some digging because I didn't want to be a bitter Betty. And it, I read something. I don't know how accurate it is. But I read something that said that she had gained something like 65 pounds from her pregnancy with her either both kids or the most recent kid. And so I understand then why she would, why Weight Watchers would potentially want to work with her and be some sort of brand ambassador. It does. I mean, I do still have a little bit of like, can we, can we get more realistic people? What about Rebel Wilson who just lost a decent amount of weight? You know, that Sierra's body is so unobtainable in many ways or just not realistic that it's a little frustrating when I when I like just glance up and I pay attention to it but I did bring my bitter bettiness down a little bit looked it you know looked into it a little bit more and I'm not as hard on them as I felt like I was earlier but I would still like to see I mean even Oprah Winfrey Oprah did a ton of did she do Weight Watchers or was it someone else Oh, I, I mean, she might have done so much. Like She might have been the genesis of like all I remember from my childhood about Oprah was talk show up 40 pounds, down 40 pounds. Yes. And that's but that to me, that's more realistic. I can't even tell you. I mean, it's now three times that I've lost a solid 25 pounds and then gained it back. Like my weight just goes up and down in that way, you know, so I can relate to more things like that than maybe Sierra, who also you know, although Oprah is this way, anybody, any brand ambassador they try to get is going to have a chef for the for their healthy foods that uh, are probably really fucking good. That's and the a, fly. And a, yeah, they're going to have a chef and they're going to have a gym in their <clears throat> um, garage and they're going to have somebody that's going to walk, you know, a, a trainer who's going to come out there daily. That's that piece that makes it a lot. And their lives are their own and that they can plan around these things where it's like, I have to know I'm going to be up at eight. I'm going to be up at 630 at work by eight, home by five, five thirty. That's I don't I don't get to fit a gym in anywhere else where it fits for my day. It's that, either I'm going to the gym when I'm really freaking tired or when I'm before work or really freaking tired after work. <laughs> that's that's the Rebel Wilson thing. Like I adore what she's done and she's probably mm-hmm. an inspiration for a, a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if you look behind the curtain, you'll probably go She's probably not, maybe she's off of projects at the moment so she can Mm -hmm. dedicate so much time to weight loss and fitness and she can Mm -hmm. afford a chef, she can afford a great trainer or someone who's going to be accountable to her all the time. Unfortunately, the average person who has the lifestyle that you just described is likely not famous, Mm -hmm. so they don't catch people's attention. I've had to remind myself before, and I'm glad that more stars began to talk about it as superhero movies boomed. Um, that on top of acting for the movie, the, the weight training and body transformations that, that they underwent was also part of the job. Because yeah. I would hate that, like, this guy had that body and that guy had... The, Chris Pratt was maybe the first Chris one Pratt, that, yeah. that everybody... Like, everybody saw the selfie and were like, holy shit, that's the fat guy from Community or Parks and Recreation? Mm. One of them? Mm, community. Okay. Yeah, that, that like part of their job is getting paid to go to the gym and have someone torture yeah. them for the maximum amount of time and the maximum effort that they can get these bodies. Yeah. And then, there was a Tom Hardy interview. I think it was for Bane, and I forget what the 
magazine was. I read it after the fact, but the interviewer said, you know, what was the, the workout regimen like? And did you have to eat blank? And he said something like, uh, something about like taking fucking Smarties. I forget the quote. It was a golden Tom, uh, Tom Hardy quote, but it was basically like he was probably on steroids as well. So there's, I always, it took me a long time to remember that there's a lot more with these people going on than, than just, you know, some good DNA. They've, there's a lot of work that someone is like being an asshole to them about to stay on them. But I think that, um, so I thought about, I saw that with Sierra, but it was probably the tipping point to my like I've had this thought over the last couple of weeks because I've seen a lot more ads for things like Spanx Kim Kardashian came out with skims I've seen that but the models I mean they 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 say like we have realistic models but in the ads so in an ad that you'll see on Facebook or an ad that you'll see on Instagram it's not a realistic model mm. I, there was an ad that I saw for Spanx and it was a really thin woman, like with really thin legs. And I'm like, why the fuck do you need Spanx? Like, not to say that you don't get cellulite and that you don't have areas that you're insecure about. I get it, skinny girls. I know that you still have. I was skinny at one point and I was still insecure. I understand that. But Spanx was not created with that in mind. I feel like when Spanx came out and it was about shapewear it was for the curvier girls to look good and what you know in the in a dress or not have your rolls show or have smooth edges and and i'm glad that it has now expanded and it's almost like the opposite like you know shapewear and things like that were really in mind for a skinnier person or a, a larger person and then they evolved into a market for thinner people as well where you found that larger people were having a hard time finding clothes and then clothes started to evolve into a market for, you know, for, for, it was originally for skinnier people and then it evolved into a market for larger people plus size. So it's just, I, I'm seeing these ads and I saw, I was like, Ooh, look at these leggings at Spanx. Spanx has leggings now. I didn't know that. I didn't know they have like clothes. So I clicked the ad I fell for it. I clicked the ad and I went to the website and they're, they're advertising a bunch of different kind of leggings that you can wear, like leggings and jeans even. There was a pair of jeans that I saw, but the jeans were like $120. The leggings were $99, $99. And <laughs> I was like, what? And the models were all very thin. There wasn't any model for if you needed to wear an extra large or a 2X. Um, and I was like, when did this, and that was when I thought about it. I said, what happened to, what, when did this happen? I didn't even, you know, I didn't even realize that. So I was thinking about that. And then I saw an ad for Skims with Kim Kardashian and she was modeling. Now her, her, I think where they were, um, their selling point was that you could find multiple tones where it's not just a, a, a beige tone, a black tone, a brown tone. You know, you're going to find different kind of com skin colors, you know, things to fit your complexion. But it was still really thin models compared to a, a more realistic person that was going to wear that. I saw something like that not long ago. And in fact, I'm going to I'm going to send this to you right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've it may be. Yeah, I'll just use this commercial as an example. And maybe I'm wrong. So it's Maddie Ziegler. Oh, yeah, with Fabletics. Yeah, I think mm. she might have said, it keeps my, t the, the high-waisted uh, leggings keep my tummy in. I'm like, hold up, what mm -hmm. tummy? What tummy? 
And then I, and then as like this ran during Monday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. Have you seen this ad that I just sent you, or can you not look at it right now? I uh, probably can't look okay. at it right now. Um, it's Fablet. Okay, so you, you're familiar with, the but commercial. I'm familiar with, yeah, like, with her um, line with Fabletics. They, uh, how old is she now? Twenty. Uh, okay, so she's of age, but yeah. they, it's a, it's. What? Just watch the commercial. I was like, wow, what have I missed of Maddie Ziegler in the last handful of years? She's all grown up now. Like, she is not hesitating to pop things out in that in that ad that I watched. That I couldn't believe that it was on when I, when I was watching Monday Night Football. But, yeah, I've, I've seen exactly what you're talking about. And be careful when you uh, click on Instagram ads, because I don't know about for women, but they sell guy stuff, and it's this thing like going out of business, must sell thing. And, and like, there's these winter jackets that are, like, re, uh, they retail for $5.99, but you get it for $99. And then a month later, they're still not out of business. And then two months, <laughs> two months later, they're out of business, but it's the same jacket, same sale for a completely different retailer. It's shady as anything. Uh, I don't really. I mean, I only click on some of the ads that um, from companies that I know. But yeah, I didn't. Normally, I don't do that, but I fell for a couple of them and I didn't buy. But that was when I was just curious. And Maddie Ziegler is 18 years old, by the way. Watch Hurt. that. Watch that commercial, and I will. I, I, look, I don't have impure thoughts by mm -hmm. any stretch of the <laughs> imagination, but to me, like ninety-five percent of my brain for Maddie Ziegler is her as a little girl or a preteen as as the Sia dancer, and then she's in this kind of like sexy Fabletics commercial. It, it, yes, and it's not. I'm not quite at the point of mad at Disney. Like I'm not mad at Disney level. But it was something that caught my eye and I said, okay, there's, and there's still, you know, ads out there with um, Ashley Graham and, you know, other kind of Whitney Way Thor, other, other kind of um, larger individuals. There's still that, that inclusiveness or whatever word I want to use. But um, I just, I thought about it and I was like, what the hell, what the hell Spanx? Why are you, why is there an advertisement for somebody who wouldn't even wear Spanx on a, who would not get, got, like, yeah. you take your dress off in the movie and you have the cutest lingerie set on, not a fucking girdle like the rest of us have. The, uh, <laughs> you know? the, the whole clothing world has always been very complicated for me and it wasn't until I got older that I realized that women have some real problems with the clothes made for them because I was always... There were places I wanted to shop, but I was too fat. And by the way, I'm with you. I got on a scale today, and I need to take some weight off, which is... And I don't know if it's just my metabolism, different exercises I'm doing, but 10 can come down. Um, I mean, I did just see you and didn't notice a damn thing. Really? So, yeah, not at all. I can't tell if it's just my body being a different shape and holding weight differently than when I... From just two years ago, but yeah. So I didn't look a, a thing different to you. No, and I think you even put up a picture wearing a T-shirt the other day, and I and I was like, oh, Eric looks good. Thank you, but I I would like <laughs> to take ten off. Sure. Um, but I would when there were places I wanted to shop, like I couldn't shop at Express for a long when Express was structure. Do you mm -hmm. remember that? I remember. Um, I couldn't shop there. I was too fat. Um. 
and then I shrunk a little bit, but then they started to sell different kinds of clothes. But whenever there was a place where I, I liked guest clothes, and mm-hmm. there were there was never any size jeans for me. And I when I found one pair once, I'm like, I'll pay 140 because I know these are going to be great. But it was like the only size, and it was hard to ever find them. So I would just be like, okay, fine. I mean, I'll go shop somewhere else. And it was I didn't take some of the disappointment that I've seen some women who have been through this because maybe because if you couldn't shop at one place you had to go to the big girl store and that was insulting it yes it is it is insulting and it okay it, it just it's not like it shouldn't be but it just is we're conditioned to feel that way because I don't want you know bigger girls that are listening and say well I shop at the big girl store to feel like shamed in any way but I think that I I also had that same challenge um, as you when I was 18, 19, 20, 21. I was very thin. You, I was very thin, but I was very tall. So I did not, I never shopped at Express because they didn't have an inseam long enough for me. So I was basically flooding in my pants and um, my arms were always too long for the tops. So I just didn't, I never really shopped at Express, which I was happy about because I think they were overpriced anyway. But um, then as I got older and I started to gain weight, I was having a hard time fitting into regular size clothes, but I didn't really fit into um, plus size clothes. So it was just kind of a nightmare. And now my chest has grown 10 times larger than the rest of my body. So <laughs> it's like, hmm, where do I fit here? I have to figure that out. But um, yeah, titty talk is a real thing on this podcast. It is. A, it is. <laughs> I listen here. I share about it often. I'm not ashamed. I actually just had I, I was going to tell you I had a, com- a topic for us, but I was wearing a sports bra at work the other day and I had to go home and change it because it was so tight. I have to wear two, sometimes three. And it was so tight that it was hitting my pressure points on my neck and I felt like my like my shoulders and my neck were about to burst (laughs) it's like I need to change right now because I can't I can't breathe and I feel like my throat and my neck are about to explode imagine how Bethany feels right now oh Beth Beth I wonder if she knocked her baby out yet maybe what let's take a is she due on Friday Saturday I called her today um Uh and I know she doesn't really like that she's Typical millennial, total millennial. She doesn't like phone calls. She likes Facebook, uh, Facebook messages. But really? I, I called her. She hasn't posted anything in two days. Um, but I called her to see if she needed me to go take care of asshole and Gus while <laughs> her and her family are at the hospital. But I haven't heard back for it. It's possible that she delivered. Um, or is in process right now because she hasn't posted anything. So mm, my bet is Friday morning. Okay. Friday morning. I mean, that girl is carrying like all, all the all the weight gain with her is like mm-hmm. on the front of her body. <laughs> I mean, she looked. I again have not seen her. I don't think I've seen her since she's been pregnant, and she looks fantastic. Like she just looked. She was. She did have a glow. She looked great. She looked great. I'm happy for her and Josh. I, they're the cutest. They deserve it. I, I think they'll be okay with this child. Yeah, absolutely. Josh is a sweetheart. That's, he's going to be the best dad, <laughs> except for his road rage, apparently. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, with, with what they lack in, in obvious parent traits, they'll make mm-hmm. up with their genial nature and nurture of just being kind, decent human beings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'll yeah. be fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of dumb 
lately, obviously, right? Like, <laughs> there's dumb in every direction. <laughs> every direction. You get slapped in the face with it when you least expect it. And there was something I saw last night. What where was it? Oh, I was reading a sports column, and there was the, the mail feature. And the, uh, the person who sent the email said, I don't understand why these NFL games get canceled. Why can't it just be next man up like when someone gets injured? And I, I, felt, I felt bad for the, the writer, who is one of the, the best NFL writers of the last handful of decades. His name is Peter King. And he, he and answered it much more generously than I would have answered it in a, in a condescending message. Uh, where like we're six months into this, pal. This is not when somebody gets hurt. Like you can catch this, so they have to test mm-hmm. everybody. So there's dumb everywhere now. Whether it's dumb actions or uh, dumb words. Just think before you speak. Think before. I've done it many times and took back what I was gonna say. Like we all do it. <laughs> this is by far the most insane act. And I know yesterday I said. What he's done the last handful of days has by far been the most shocking to me in his four years. But this story I saw when I went home last night, and there have been some incredible Brendan Fraser jokes and commentary already made. Do you know where I'm going with this? I think so. So some archaeologists in Egypt on Saturday found 59 well-preserved and sealed wooden uh, coffins. Uh You might want to appropriately call them sarcophagus, which is a terrifying word. They were buried 2,500 years ago. So over the weekend, anybody that's watched any mummy movie should have stopped these people from doing what they did. They opened one. Oh, what happened? What happened? Well, we're not going to find out yet, but I'm <laughs> sure like some there was a breeze, a slight wind came by. <laughs> There is, I mean, you've seen, I think that Brendan Fraser mummy movie, the first one is is brilliant. Have you seen it? Oh, I've seen all of them, okay. including the spinoffs like Scorpion King and stuff. What was the, uh, do you remember the mummy's name in the movie? I'm Emotep. Looking, Emotep, yes, there you go. Well, mm-hmm. we unlocked one of them bitches over the weekend, and I can't... <laughs> I can't believe that somebody wasn't like, do you know what's going on this year? And you're going to open that. Like, what are you doing? You're the kid that spit out the bus. You're the kid that peed into the wind. This is a terrible idea. So when I said what happened, I was thinking about all the scenes when they were opening other coffins or they were opening, I think, like the Book of the Dead or the Book of the Book of Life or something like that. And there was that mist that ate the skin off their face. Yeah. Like I was, I was thinking about that. Like there were like dust mites that attacked them, and like the Beatles, <laughs> the the Beatles, and then there was also like it was almost like a swarm of flies or a mist that comes at that um, ate the faces of a couple servants that were opening these things for the rich white people. Yeah, um, and so that they didn't get hurt. So um, I was thinking something like that, but I I feel like I saw something like this in the springtime too. And I think no, fall of last year, we found another, we must have found, was it King Tut? I think it might have been King Tut, and we opened his coffin. And so they were like, somebody go close it, go close it right now. Who told you that was a good idea to open it? <laughs> it's the this, same this, thing. <laughs> this is where we need 
This is where we need a strong <laughs> urban voice on these archaeology archaeological digs where somebody can go, Edward, you shut that shit down right now. Who would be the Evie of 2020? Because Evie was the um, woman that was played by uh, ooh, Rachel. Yes. Her name Daniel is Daniel Craig's wife, Rachel yes. Wise. Rachel Wise. So her name was Evie. So who would yeah. be the Evie of 2020? I don't know. I, I want Megan the Stallion there. Tell me. <laughs> Cardi B. No, we need Cardi B. Yeah. <laughs> but that somebody remind us in the springtime when we're doing a podcast, whatever's ha- whatever hellish things are happening in the spring. Eric and Alex reminded you in the fall to close those damn coffins. Yeah, like this, this is the, the the year has been bad enough, and here you go opening up Egyptian coffins that are twenty five hundred. Oh my god! When I was a little boy, we went to the Academy of Natural Sciences. I think mm-hmm. that was the museum in Philadelphia, not the Franklin Institute. This is the Natural Sciences Museum, mm-hmm. and I must have been in kindergarten, no more than that. A and wee baby. They had a mummy. Oh. Um, it was out of the sarcophagus, and it was it was a partially wrapped mummy. And uh-huh. they do whatever they do to to keep it safe. And it was terrifying. I went to I saw one in San Diego at the Museum of Man. How, were you able to like, like I was terrified. It was in my nightmares for years. I went to this place within the last five years, my brother and his crew, and it was mm-hmm. there. It hadn't moved, not surprisingly, but it hadn't <laughs> moved in the in the uh, museum, and mm-hmm. I just stood there frozen like I was five. <laughs> no, I was, I mean, it was, it was like three years ago, so no, it didn't bother me at all. I don't think that kind of stuff bothers me, to be honest. Okay. Although I, I did have nightmares from Lovecraft Country last night. Uh, well, I would say, tell me about it, but I don't want you to spoil because I will get to no, it. No, the most recent episode, literally, I had nightmares in the middle of the night. I woke up. I'm like, Thomas, help me. And did he? He's like, go back to bed, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he helped. Um, Yeah, I, I, I have, there, I'd like to visit Egypt and all these, histor- and all these historical things. Although... I'm probably not going to open anything up. No, no, I, uh, no, hell no. But I do, that, that's probably top of my list. And, you know, I went to Scotland last year and I'm going to go again when it's safe. And we always, when I go, we take another trip and we said our trip was going to be to Cairo um, this time around because they go to Pompeii and they, you know, they've been to multiple places. So I said we were going to go there um, because that's definitely top of my list just to, see the history and, and things like that. Yeah, it's, I know you get this, but it's it's funny. We think of our, our great, rich, racist history here in the United States, which is a couple <laughs> of centuries old. And you go one five-hour flight to where Philip is, and it's like thousands of years of history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Um, it's, it's weird. Maybe it's just from movies and cinema, but I wouldn't open things in Egyptian pyramids. But if we're talking about like the Incan, the the Incan ones or the Aztec places in Mexico and Latin America, I might fiddle around a little bit more there. I've been to um, a couple in Mexico, and I was still like I I walked around, but I didn't really touch anything, and the, like I didn't venture into dark places. If that makes any sense, I mean I I still. 
I was fascinated. It, we went to one where there was like a natural spring. And so we got to swim in the natural spring, but it was still, it was still eerie to me. And I think that, that but I think that's a piece of honoring the, the, the ancestral ground that you're in. You know what I mean? Don't do anything dumb, like open something or touch something. You're not supposed to do that, you know, unless there's unless there's somebody there that tells you exactly what to do or how to do it. I don't really think you should go playing around with that stuff. That's what Indiana Jones taught us. <laughs> Hi, Janet. Hi. Hi, Janet. Alex. Yes. Hi, honey. Hi, Janet. <laughs> how are you? Good. I was excited so to meet you. To meet. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, that's Janet. <laughs> Did you have a good time at the event? I had a lovely time. I had a I had a couple first time experiences that I really well one that I really liked, and then mom and I had a really good time. Good, your mom was so sweet. I'm sorry I couldn't talk to you. I was running around like trying to I put know. out a lot of fires. No. We had people that walked in without masks, and my assistants are trying to tell them to put them away. And one lady said, "Well, I have my mask on my wrist," and I said, "Your wrist is not where you're going to get the corona." Right. Okay. <laughs> all right, put it on or leave. <laughs> I have to be the tough guy all the time, and I hate it. I could tell. I was like, "Oh, she has some things going on." So I'll just say hello and keep going. Oh I had no, a- I was just busy. I just because. At, at, Everyone was pulling me in different directions. I get readers that are texting me, this person's doing this and this. I have the vendors text me, that the girls that oh helped, they were texting me. I'm getting a, a zillion texts. I'm running all over. Because no, even my ex-husband, he was sitting at the front taking the admission. And mm-hmm. they're telling him, do something about this. And he's like, well, I don't know what to say. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <sighs> Um, Jan- yeah, it's like now I know I didn't. I I got rid of you. Jan- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Janet, are you pleased with the uh, the turnout from Sunday? Because you waited a oh long time. Oh my god, time. it was so good. good. We thought it would not be good because mm. of the corona and people being afraid. But I reassured everyone, and you could tell Alex everybody mm-hmm. was doing things the right way. I did not have as many vendors and readers because I was trying to keep that distance at six, the six mm-hmm. feet distance thing and the social. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to respect all that. So it was really good. I was very happy. It was exhausting. I think I collapse. Like, I go home and I collapse. It's so oh. exhausting. Well, I'm, I'm an introvert that, that works in an extroverted world. <laughs> and so I, it takes a lot out of me where I feel like I can't even, I sleep for three days. I just can't. It's, it's really hard. <laughs> Janet, I... You know I, what that's like, Eric? I do. I, do. I, I got up twice Sunday morning. The, the second time was around 10 o'clock. I let the boys out. And I didn't know that it was pouring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm. uh, I wouldn't be able we to. We missed you, uh, didn't we, Alex? But you know we what? Did. We We talked about it plenty. We're happy. We wanted to get you some people out there. And the reality is, and you just said it, and I thought about this when I was watching Andre pee in the rain on Sunday. I'm like, you know what? If I go, she's going to be so busy. She's not going to be able to talk anyway. And I don't want to I wouldn't take- have been able to talk to you. Yeah. Ask Alex. And I don't want to take yeah. time away from people who have who want to see uh, all the vendors and it's like, you know what? You shouldn't be out anywhere browsing right now, per se, because you're just an extra yeah. body spewing droplets. So, ever Juliana made There's it out. Droplets. Oh, I love my little Juliana. She's the sweetest little thing. Juliana She's made so it. so sweet. Uh, Alex made it. It's so, just, good. It's just exhausting because people want to 
come up and hug me and mm. kiss me and talk to me. And I, I really I have so much on my plate because mm-hmm. I'm dealing with the readers, the vendors, the helpers, um, the you know, the, the, everybody's texting me. Clients are texting me from seeing it on the post, and it's just I'm going and I'm trying to do readings at the same time. So it's just really hard. Yeah, yeah, but it was but it was fun. Everybody had a great time. Everyone was safe. No one had any issues. Yeah. So it was really good. I was so glad to see you, Alex. You're like someone. I looked at you and I said, I can hang out with this girl. Loved your energy. <laughs> I told you. Thank you. I, I only have uh, I only have good people around me. Uh, Janet, did you happen to see any of the pictures of us from Saturday night? Yes, I did. Oh my God, my little Floydy boo. Yeah, he it was, was so good. He looked so cute. It was good to have the the crew out and together. And Bethany's gonna pop in a couple of days. We were only missing our little our little black friend in London, but we had a good time. Oh my God, I just love it. I just, yeah. I mean, it just seemed like such a com. It looked like a like camaraderie. You know what I mean? Just good camaraderie. Um, let's, uh, it was fun. Let's get going now. I know we have two full moon this month, but I, and I don't want to call anything too early. I don't want to call the election before <laughs> before we've counted Nevada. But uh, I already kind of know what's going on, I, but I'm not going to say it. I feel like I want to be wrong. I, I anyway, feel, I feel like things have cooled down, like like spiritually and and with you, I feel like things have cooled down a little bit since we're a month out from the September 9th date. Yeah, it's a retrograde, and this is a heavy retrograde, and everybody's feeling the brunt of it. It's just really crazy, stressful, all of that. So it's, so not, it's definitely so, there. So it's not getting better yet. Well, it's not going to get better because you just started it. It started September 9, and actually we, be, we get it. I look at it this way from an astro point of view. We started a month before, which would have been August 9, but it actually occurred September 9. It goes till November 13, but I think once the election is, everything's over, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's a this is so gross, it's like a pimple that has to burst. Yeah. You know, once that happens, it starts to create a healing process. There's a lot of anxiety. I mean, I'm not, I'm a libertarian. I'm not either side. I just want, I just want peace. I want people to get along. I, I think that, you know, when you look at politics, I view, this is my psychological mind, and you'll appreciate this, Eric. I look at the father of the United States as a parent, and when the, when the father, whoever it can be, it could be Trump, Biden, whoever it is, is unrested, then the children, which are of the United States, are unrest, and they're the siblings who are constantly combating with each other. So we need the father of the United States, the parent, the parents, to get along. So everybody else can get along. There has to be that harmony. Do you know what I mean, Alex? Mm-hmm. No, Does I that know make exactly. Sense? Yeah, that, no, that's makes my that's sense. my take on any president. You know, when when they're because we kind of they're they're like the parent of the the our our country, and and when they're when they're unrested and or dysfunctional. I'm not speaking of anyone in particular. I'm just saying, generally speaking. When there's an unrest, the kids are like siblings fighting amongst each other, and you know, in rivalry and combative. Does that make sense, Eric? I mean, it it it, it feels like that is what I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, that's not going to happen until uh, unless there is a new president, either in a month, or January, or four years from now. Sorry. Yeah, there's just too, too, there is influence. I think you know, Janet. That you're right. You know, at the top, you influence. It does. You influence it, it the does. rest of my, the rest my of fa- us. That was actually kind of my, my father's quote. He was a mm-hmm. sort of a Middle Eastern philosopher. You know, he always said mm-hmm. that. 
And he always said, I mean, again, like I said, I'm, a, I'm in the middle. I'm a libertarian. I don't take sides on either side, Republican, Democrat. I don't do that. But I am saying, like, if you look when President Obama was in office, there was such a decorum, a comedy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, he, you know there, was a, there was a comedy and the mm-hmm. family life and everything else. And there was such an easiness, I think. You know, so the only, we kind of have to look at even when Reagan was in office and he was a Republican, there was that comedy. So it just we have to we have to have that president behave and have that parent influence so we can we because we, we psychologically mimic what's going on around us. Um, so we got uh, we got through one full moon. There's another one at the end of this month. What else are we looking at? Well, we have a lot of things going on this year, this month, and October is going to be a crazy month. We have the retrograde of a full moon in Aries October 1st, which occurred. Don Finito, we still feel the effects of it. New moon coming up in Libra on October 16th, and that's going to be crazy, chaotic. So we have the two full moons. One was October 1st. Second is in Taurus, October 31st. So be careful of driving during that time, Eric. Oh, yeah, I'm a wreck on the roads, but no, I will. I will. <laughs> Be uh, careful. We don't I, want anything to happen to our little Eric. Nothing. I'll be good. I'll be good. I drove as far as I've driven socially in a long time on Saturday night. You um, have. We, uh, we've got some questions from some devoted podcast listeners. You got it. Well, someone, um, and thank you, these questions are a little bit more, um, they make more, more sense to me now. Not that last time wasn't, but it is really good. Um, M was asking, is a Virgo, saying, I'm in a rut, is it time to move on? Well, it depends on what kind of rut it is, but I would say that, yes, you are in a rut. You're born August 30th, so you're Virgo. Virgos should be in a pretty good stage of their lives because Saturn, the planet that rules structure, is in Capricorn, and you're going through your Saturn return, and this is a big life change for you. But I will say after around December 18, things will start to considerably ease up. You have a lot of this, – this person who's, you know, texting you, emailing you about their rut, they have had a lot of changes. So I'm assuming this might be personal as well as work-related. But the best thing to do is wait till after November 13 before trying to um, – make any changes and I feel that would be the best thing to do but you definitely have a good chart very motivated about life and I, I love the energy the Capricorn rounded influences there Virgo but Capricorn in there too and Brad is a Capricorn and he's January 8th and he's saying I want to propose to my honey and she's a Gemini very different types of influences going on with both of you but I would honestly say you know if you're thinking about what's the best time to do it Brad I would I would not do one darn thing till after December 1st and if you can wait till probably right around Christmas I would do I would give a Christmas or a New Year's Eve gift as a proposal that's exactly what I would do and I'm gonna tell you in a nutshell that's not cliche at all what that's not cliche at all well, I mean, if it wasn't the retrograde, I'd say, hey, you know, knock yourself out. But we have this really weird, weird retrograde going on that is, I mean, I don't want Brad to call me up and say, you told me to do it in November 10 and it backfired. I want Brad to realize that, you know, timing is of the essence. My dad, I always quote my mom and my mother and father, both very strong Middle Eastern metaphysical people and I think timing is what counts and we have to make sure if you want it, you want this she's going to probably say yes either way but make sure you do it under the right time fair enough last but not least we had Lori who is she got her business going will she continue to prosper yes even though you did it during the COVID 
you know, it's all about your free will is the higher law of the universe. So I feel pretty good about this, you know, prospering for you. You're smart. You're a Taurus. Taurians need to be in their own business. You're going through your Saturn return coming up this December, and I, which happens to people between 27-ish to 30 years of age. You are going to prosper no matter what you do. So I definitely see this being good. You might notice it might shift a little bit after November 13. Uh, a lot of changes that could come up, and as you progress into 2021, that's definitely going to be a year of change for you. So I definitely see that. Hey, Alex, what's your birthday? Because I liked you right away, and I wanted to figure out why. <laughs> March 29th, 1990. I, I, you know, I felt an instantaneous connection to you, and I like, and I don't feel that way with everybody. I mean, I love people in general, but I just said, I like this girl. I, you had such a great energy about you. March 29, 1990? Mm-hmm. What's your time of birth, sweetie? Uh, 345, 3.46 a.m., 3.46 a.m. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're a morning baby. You must be an evening. Uh, you must like to be a night owl. Um, I'm not either. You know, I, sometimes. It depends. I wish I was. Yeah, sometimes when people are born in the morning, they usually are night owls. You know, like really? I'm definitely a night owl. And I was born early in the morning, too. Well, you are born. Is it okay to tell her her chart, Eric? Is that all right? I, I don't care. Sure. Be quiet. Be quiet, you. Okay. <laughs> you are, you, my God, you. you are so independent. Yes. You are so self-sufficient. Yes. You are like a creature of habit. <laughs> I am. I you, absolutely You don't am. like change, You, but you, when you, I mean, you're married to yourself. Do you know mm. you and I have similar charts? You're, you're sort of a social person, but you're also an isolated person. You like I, your t When you get home, you want to be left alone. I do, and I don't even realize sometimes how much I'm at home. Sometimes I can go, get through the entire weekend and not even know that I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and you also have stress with your father. There's something with your dad. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing a little bit of tension there. You know, Source subject. One of these days, <laughs> My you need dad. to come to my. I don't know what's wrong with that, but you need no. to come to my office and we can talk about it because it my, does show up. There's some stuff there a little bit. My dad passed away in August. That's it. That's yeah. it. Because it was yeah. showing a a big void in your heart, and and yeah. but it's also more than that too. We have to talk when you come in, okay, honey? Yeah, absolutely. So I am looking to. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys next week. I'm glad we were able to do this podcast. Also, if anybody would like to reach me at the office, it's 419-882-5510, 419-882-5510. And, of course, Janet Amit at AOL. Yes, I'm an old fogey at AOL.com. <laughs> Janet Amit at AOL.com. Our next event is March 28, 2021. Right, Ooh, that's the day before my birthday. I know you have to come in. I promise I'll take more time out to chat with you. <laughs> okay. um, hey. And, Eric, you're going to make it next time or else. You got that's, it. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't even commit yes. to tomorrow's plans, let alone March. Um, can uh, I gotcha. can uh, can you? I'll give you the link for this. Can you share it with your with your people? Yeah, just awesome. send it to me. Do you want to send it to my email? Because it's a little bit better than doing it via phone. Sure, that'll work. Or whatever. Can do you send it to both, honey? I can do both. Okay, that would be great. Alex, it's so good to talk with you. And, you and next too. time you guys have a get together, I'm going. You know, I'm, I want to know what's going on. I want to see Floyd in action. He would have loved to have seen you. I, 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 next time I'll invite you, okay? I would love to go. I would show up too. Okay. That would be fun. Okay, listen, I will talk to you guys All later. Right. See you, Alex. Bye, Gordon. Bye, Janet. Bye bye, honeys. Take care. Um, for, uh, for Edith Puthy and Mike <laughs> Rodick.
That's the podcast. <laughs> Deeper daddy. That, that, that was a really good one. And, but you know, what, you know what dawned on me? No, what? No black person would ever have the last name Epstein. No, unless it's their slave name. Oh. <laughs> no, it would have to be a, a black woman who I'm kidding. married I'm, into Judaism. That's correct. They, you're right. And they, no, but you know what? I think I, there was a movie or something where the, there was a black person that had a traditionally Jewish last name and there was a joke around it. I don't remember what it was. I'll, now I'm going to want to know. It was Mike, Mike Rodick, uh, D per daddy. Ben Loudon. That was lame. I've, <laughs> I've, Burton I'm, Ernie. I'm surprised that they did the uh, the Jeffrey Epstein joke. I thought, I mean, I haven't no, watched SNL in a while, it's but time. I, that's why that's why I I brought that thing up yesterday because I feel like we've moved away from the the hairiness of every post with Save Our Children. It's it's time. I mean, and then did you catch the last name of the news anchor, the female? No, but I did appreciate uh, all the uh, Mike yeah. lit jokes and like, I'm going to watch you under my nose and all that stuff. Yeah. And she's like, you just keep poking around down there and let me know. And then she was like, I think her, I'm, I'm going to say Sarah. I know her last name. She was like, this is Sarah Spitzer Swallows. And that's your nightly report. And it was, it was, I mean, again, that was one. I don't watch Saturday Night Live regularly. I will turn it on every now and then if I have nothing else to watch. I intentionally watched the Eddie Murphy special, but I thought that was fantastic. So maybe I need to start watching it more often because it really was that piece in my evening where I was like, this is great. Weren't they looking <laughs> the whole time for Tess Tickle? Tess Tickle was the one who, yes. So Tess Tickle was the employee who was COVID positive and Edith Puthie <laughs> could not change her name, nor Irma Gerd. And... <laughs> And Mike Rodick. <laughs> so good. Look, do, do what I do. I have no hate towards Saturday Night Live, but I'm either doing something else or asleep on Saturday nights. And if there's anything worth watching, you can get it the next day or it'll be I on, do that. It'll be on yep. Twitter somewhere. On Hulu. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I always... it, it's on YouTube. The best of are all cut up on Twitter. So it's easy to find. <laughs> all right. We've knocked out 50 minutes. We did good, and I still have ten percent battery left. Awesome! All right, well, I will. I will, I will be with you via text later on today. Okay. Bye.